Welcome to the Back to Back Pod on the Athletic Podcast Network. This is Nerder She Wrote with your host, Dave Dufour, with Mo DeKeel and Seth Hartnett. Are you ready to be entertained? Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Nerder She Wrote on the Back to Back Podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Dufour. Joined as I am every week by my guy, Mo DeKeel. How you holding up, Mo? Doing all right, Dave. Doing all right. And Seth Part now. Seth, how are things up in Milwaukee? Uh, it's, it's a lovely day today. Um, at least there's that. Needless to say, this is uh, not really the week to talk about basketball. And I, I know that the league and their reopening plans have have started to surface. And we will definitely come back next week and talk about all of that, which might be nice because we'll have more details uh, but in lieu of a regular show, the guys and I thought it just made sense to allow some of our colleagues who aren't the go-tos for opinions in times like this to be able to have their voices heard. So we reached out to NBA national editor Khalid Salam and he, Kendra Andrews, who is one of our Nuggets beat reporters, and James Edwards, our Detroit Pistons beat writer, uh, are going to host Nerder this week and and talk through, you know, what we're all kind of living through, um, but that they live through every single day. So we'll be back next week where we will talk about the league's bubble ideas and the play-in games and all of that stuff. Um, but until then, everybody be safe and uh, take care. Okay, just to get things started off, I guess we need intros, I suppose. So I am Khalid Salam, and I am the uh, national NBA editor here at The Athletic. And, you know, obviously during these moments, um, sports takes a, a backseat to everyday life or real life, and um, you got to sort of look at things from all perspectives um, and so, yes, at the, at the athletic, we are, you know, we have, it's a good company. We're, we are allowed to, to live without any corporate, you know, um, hands in our shoulders controlling what we say and do. Um, and we take that responsibility really seriously. Um, I don't know anybody who's reckless on the staff, on social media or on any of their shows or even in their writing. Because these kind of social issues come up and, you know, if it's a direct line to sports, we obviously intersect. If it's not, we may stay on the periphery, depending upon what the topic is, where it's taking place, et cetera, et cetera. For something like this moment, it sort of went beyond and kind of transcended just regular talking points and sports thinking. Um, so we decided to speak about it and just discuss it. And this episode might not flow like the usual episodes of this podcast, um, but they are just as, it's just as important, you know, and it is um, it, for listeners and, and who, who love coming to this podcast, they should not feel alienated. They should not be weirded out. It should not make them uncomfortable. It is simply a form that we're going to talk um, and we hope readers are in, can stay engaged and listen to the points we're going to make and, you know, make it worth their while. Um, for intros, I'll just pass it on to, to James Edwards, and he can tell you who he is. Yeah, I appreciate that, Kai. Um, I cover the Detroit Pistons uh, from Flint, Michigan, so born and raised here in Michigan. Um, I'm of biracial race. So my mother is white. My father's black. Both of them are from Flint. Uh, been with the athletic now. I was one of the Detroit was one of the early cities. So I, what year is that? 2017 of August was my starting date. And uh, yeah, happy to work here. Um, obviously, a lot is going on in the world. But um, this one, this job is, is one that I would call a blessing to be able to still have the freedom to do kind of what I choose to do, uh, to still provide an escape for some um, and for others hit reality head on. So I appreciate uh, Dave and Seth for 
giving us this platform and allow us, allowing us to take over for a little bit. Um, and I'm excited to, uh, to chat with you guys. Kendra. Um, yeah, I'm Kendra Andrews. I cover the Denver Nuggets, um, originally from Oakland, California. Uh, like James Edwards, I'm of biracial race. My mom's white, my dad's black. Um, they're both, well, my dad's from Oakland, mom's from San Francisco, but Bay Area through and through. Um, this is my first season on the NBA beat. This is my first uh, full-time job out of college. I graduated in 2019. So it's definitely been an interesting first year, um, as a professional journalist, um, you know, starting with, uh, you know, summer league, starting with an earthquake all the way up to, you know, the, the tragic passing of Kobe Bryant and his daughter and nine others to COVID to what's happening now. It's been a very, educational first year for me. Um, and you know, I'm also really thankful to be here just to, you know, have a hopefully an educational forum for other people. And, and also just to hear your guys' thoughts on, on everything that's happening right now, because there's a lot going on. Yeah. It's, it's been quite a, quite a year. Um, you know, just to, I mean, even as NBA seasons go, and of course, they can be predictable because life is like that. But everything in, in this, you know, from the start of the season through now, it's just really been, it's been quite a very different sort of year. And as professionals who are covering a league and, and trying to have that focus, it has definitely been a very challenging um, experience. Um, as Kendra mentioned, you know, awful, obviously. David Stern passed. That was just sad and just like, wow, you know, like David Stern is such an icon in the league. Um, you know, yesterday, Wes Unsell passed. It's like, wow, it, just, it keeps, the hits keep coming, you know. And then obviously COVID-19 just really shut the league down. Um and now where we are now with this this moment, we're trying to figure out how we can get this country to step forward into time, to be a modern country. You know, like we are modernized in our technology, but not always in our ways of thinking. And and it is it has hampered the nation from really reaching its true potential for a very long time. And during these moments, you you know, you sort of kind of step back and say to yourself, well. Okay, what is happening here? What's going to happen next? It's sort of always that thing, at least for me. So during moments of police violence, brutality against black men and women, I am always sort of, um, it's, it's a funny thing, because what happens is, that, you know, you'll get information about it on television networks, social media, you might even get, you know, uh, someone who might just he might text you or email you like, hey, did you hear about this? Did you see this video? And sometimes you're like, okay. And the video comes and you don't even know what exactly is going to happen, what you're going to see. Mm-hmm. Um, like this will happen for sure this time. Like I didn't realize it was going to be quite that gruesome until I saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, nobody gave me uh, no. There was not a warning for what I saw and. You know, it was, it was, I had to look away after a while. I was I can't keep looking at this. I can't. Um, how, like when you guys first saw the video, how did you, like, how did you deal with that? Go ahead, Kendra. Um, was I, I had actually, so I, I'd been locked out of Twitter for about a week before this. Cause I think, I, I don't know, someone tried to hack my account. So they locked me out. So I, I hadn't, I'd been in a Twitterless bubble for a week and I was like, wow, I feel so good. I really need to like take more breaks from Twitter. And this is, you know, my mental health was like tip top, I think. And then I get my account back on Monday and like literally right after, you know, I think a day after, must have been Tuesday, I think it was, got the video started circulating. And it was so 
yeah, it, I mean, it's hard to find the words to kind of describe. It, it is just so incredibly disgusting. And like you said, just hard to watch. And I, I, I watched it multiple times because it was just one of those things. I don't want to see this, but I, I don't believe it at the same time. Um, and, you know, it was really, really hard to process. And for me, who hadn't been on Twitter for a week, you know, I was, I was thankful that I was able to see it, but I, it was also a thing of it. If I never saw that in my life, I know I'd be happier. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I didn't watch it. The first time I watched it was yesterday. I, mm. I struggle. Um, it's unfortunate, but there have been um, occurrences similar to this. Uh, obviously on a, in a viral sense sprinkled in throughout the last few years. And each time I've watched them, it's made me angry. It's made me upset. It's affected my day, affected my week as it should. Um, but this one, I was like, I'm going to, I read everything I could. I, I just didn't watch it. I just wasn't ready to watch it. Um, then yesterday I was, I felt like I was in a place where I could watch it. Um, and my thoughts were collected. So, uh, I think if I had just, if I watched it kind of when everybody else did, it would have, um, took me back to that place where some of the similar instances happened, um, over the last few years, uh, this time it obviously irritated me and angered me and frustrated me, but I, I, I took a different approach just because I would, I figured this was as bad as it was. And, um, yeah, man, it, it was, uh, that stuff's difficult to watch for for anybody, I would hope. Um, and I, I, I just wanted to watch, I wanted to watch it just to be informed, um, to know exactly what happened. Uh, but I wanted to watch it when I was ready. Uh, and I felt like yesterday was, it was, uh, was the time to do so. Yeah. It, even when people had explained it to me, it was worse to see it. You know, yeah. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't understand. I didn't understand number one, the, the the time allotment. I didn't realize he was the officer Derek Chauvin was was leaning his whole body into George Floyd's body for that. I didn't realize his whole body was being leaned into it that much weight and for that long. I didn't realize it was that long initially. And it was like, you know, I'm a, so I'm watching it. I'm like, wait, is he still on his? Is he still doing it? Is he still on his neck? Yeah. Like what? It's like what is going on? Like you're sort of like paralyzed. Like and then you're like, well, you. Uh, you look at the whole landscape and you see other officers mm-hmm. and it's like, is nobody going to intervene? No. Like, like, are they just going to, are they just like, what is happening? Like it was really, really awful. And the reaction has obviously been very strong and very like, I don't know. Like, I tend like I tend to be optimistic and also very cynical. Like I'm optimistic mostly about myself and the things that I can do, but I am somewhat cynical about the world, right? And so when it when I first saw the reactions from people on social media, media colleagues, politicians, whatever, celebrities, whatever, just whatever. The, the reaction everywhere you went, cable news networks, blah, 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 everywhere you go. And there was a lot of, okay, is it going to play out the same way it always plays out? Yeah. You know, if I'm going to put money down, that it, it probably will. Right. Um, and this, there's been a stronger reaction, yeah. a more diverse reaction but I'm still skeptical on long term because, A, yes, the officers were fired, but the other three officers have not been apprehended, arrested, none of that. They are just wherever they are. You know, right. I don't know if they're hiding out someplace. I don't know if they're home, whatever, but they're not, they're not in jail. They're not, they have not been, it has not gone to that level. And and of course I'm sure there are, there are, maybe there are reasons be, you know going on for for why that is that we are not 
we don't know. You know, we're, we're, we're not going to know all the specifics of how each department handles that kind of thing, whatever punitive measures they have. But that, you know, the fact that the other three have not been arrested is like, hmm. And B, while I'm a somewhat cynical, is that the, the discussion is, is kind of pushing away from, it's, it's, it's about police violence, right? And right, it's being right. pushed a little bit towards like racial issues as a whole. And like, mm-hmm. we cannot handle racism as a whole. We can't, it's, you have to piecemeal it, yeah. right? It's too big. It's too, it's like an amoeba. It has no shape. It just moves. It's gigantic. It's strong. It has power, right? You cannot just handle racism like it's a small thing. You have to piecemeal it. You have to take one bit at a time. And I would like the discussion to focus on just the police violence part of it. You know, that part is the main part to me, the the violence of, okay, how do we change police tactics? How do we get rid of bad actors? And then B, for the ones that do that, brutality, kill, whatever, whatever happens in a situation which in which someone in black is harmed or killed, how are they held accountable? Like, those are the only things. Police violence and what we do about it are the, should be the focus. And so I'm, I'm getting a little bit like, hmm, not discouraged, but a little bit like, let's see how this goes. So I'm just curious if you two are feeling optimistic about how it's being handled or, or are you starting to feel like, your hopes are being dashed. No, I, I think you made a good point with what the focus is on. Um, it seems like they're trying to push, push the narrative of race relations in general, which shouldn't be the primary focus. Aside from Ahmaud Arbery, mm-hmm. most of these viral moments that have caused outrage have come from um, black men, women, and police officers. That's mm-hmm. been what the outrage has been. Um, obviously that not the only outrage, but you know what I'm saying? That's where a lot of these kind of outward, um, reactions have come from. And I, and I do feel like there is trying to be a blending of the narratives of, um, just race relations in this country in general, which is an issue. And that's, that's a hundred percent true and something that needs to be addressed, but we need to address the fact that the people that are supposed to keep us safe don't keep us safe. Um, that's right now, to me, of the utmost importance. And go ahead. Oh, no, go. I was, and I was going to say a positive one thing, and I don't know how this will last or how this will age. Um, and Steve Kerr tweeted it the other day, and I, and, I, and I somewhat agree. When you see these protests going on, um, at least in my neighborhoods, man, and these are predominantly white people protesting for people that look like us, which was like a little overwhelming to see going for a drive. Um, and you see these people protesting for people that look like me, but they don't, they're, they don't look like me. Um, and I would say that one positive is I'm 28. Kendra, you're what? 22. 22. I think, and I, I at least hope, the 20s to late 30s um, demographic, the people coming up. I, I hope I have a I hope and pray there's change from that group. The people that are going to be running the world in 10, 20, 30 years. Um, and when you look and you kind of observe those who are fighting for equality, that's who you see. Um, I guess I would like to know your, your opinion on that. Absolutely. Kendra and Kyle as well. Um, but I, I think that's the one thing that gives me a, a little bit of hope. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree that the, the, the original message of police brutality against black and brown people is definitely kind of shrunk down. I think, I think it's, and I think it's because I feel like this is, was a breaking point. And I think that we're seeing just a ton of emotion about George Floyd, about Ahmaud Aubrey, about Breonna Taylor, about, you know, so many unresolved things from the past as well. You add on the tensions of COVID 
and other emotions that people are having over that. And you just have this, you know, explosion of emotion. And I think something that I have, I've liked to see these past couple days is that I do feel like the, the attention is slowly starting to go back on the, the main point of all this, which is police brutality, because you see the tactics that they are using against what is now majority peaceful protesters. You know, at first it was, oh, well, you know, there's a lot of looting, there's a lot of rioting, we have to, you know, keep order. Well, now there is order. Now all you really see are people peacefully assembling, and you still see violent acts against people who were peacefully assembling. And I think that seeing those images and seeing those videos is like a, hey, remember, this is why we are here. And this is why we are all assembled together. And this is what we are fighting against. And that's like a really important thing that we cannot forget. Um, As for you know, the younger generation setting up. I, I don't know if you guys saw that there was a video that was circulating on Twitter, Twitter. And I think it was, you know, he was an older black man talking to a 16 year old black boy about how this is like, this it's up to you and it's on you. Um, and even my dad, I was talking to my dad the other night and he was like, Kendra, this is up to you and your generation to really change it. Us old guys, we, we voiced our piece and, you know, not much has changed. He was a child in the sixties. You know, he's like, when you look at it, not much has changed from then to now. We like to think it has, but when you really get down to it, it hasn't. So it's up to you guys who are growing up in this generation of speaking out, you know, for the oppressed against the oppressors, uh, to do something. And I mean, that's, it's a lot of pressure, but I also think that it's, it's the, it's an important pressure to have put on you because it, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, cause it's, you know, it, it's, I think my generation has grown up in a time where we know that we are, it's, it's acceptable to push back against those things that we see are wrong or that it is not right. And growing up in a generation like that, I mean, I just, I do think that we are the first kind of group of people to fully have that platform to, to start changing things. I mean, I, I I hope that's the case, but at the same time, like I'm I'm older than you guys, so I'm I'm in my forties, and so 20 years ago, I was around the ages of you both, right, in my twenties, and we had the same discussions from our elders, from our parents in that generation. We had the same conversations, and. We thought, like, we were like, okay, we're, it's a younger generation. People are going to be more diverse, more open-minded, more understanding, more progressive, more everything. And, and, and so now, here we are in, in 2020. And so my peers, people who are you know, in, in between, the, between the late 30s and late 40s, all the people in my same generation, right? And so what I hear a lot, and, it, and it's not even always a negative, but it's what I always hear is that they say, you know, I don't, I can't understand what, it, what you're going through or, this, or what's happening, you know, police violence. I don't understand. I just want to listen. You know, we, we, don't, we don't understand what to do. We can't st- walk in your shoes. We don't. We don't understand any of it. We can. We cannot understand what you guys are doing. But we're more on your side. And I'm like, that's cool. That's cool. But what don't you understand exactly? Right. Right. Because what we're talking about is is pretty easy to understand, in my opinion. Right? Is it okay, or is it not okay, for? Municipal employees to kill citizens of the United States. Is that confusing or is it not confusing? These are municipal city workers. I know police officers are often put in these pedestals. And people say, oh, it's a hard job. Okay, it is a hard job. But it's not that hard because 
the violence is now doled out in the, equally. It's not like cops are so burdened that they, they just lash out at everyone equally. Like, we know cops arrest white people differently than they do us. They know they, they don't stop them for the same reasons. They don't stop them at all. So it isn't like they can't control themselves. They can. It's just that they decide what to do. So what is it that actually people don't understand? It, the, the, the actual issue in and of itself is not really that complex. Do you think that people should be killed or brutalized? And, or do you not? And, and, and these are the same people that, are of, of, that, I, that we, were, we talked 20 years ago about making the world better. So I'm like, it didn't seem to get better because people didn't seem to learn anything in those 20 years. So I hope, in, you know, maybe in, in the future, when you guys are in your 40s, perhaps it'll be where it's supposed to be. But it seems very, it is disheartening to see that message of people don't know what to do or to say and that it, they don't understand the issue. The issue is very easy to understand. You know what I mean? Like, I don't get why people don't get it. No, I think it's also like crazy disheartening when people are so upset about destruction or, oh, fires, don't riot, don't loot. If you're talking more about that than what these protesters are protesting against, there is a serious problem. A serious. It's very telling. Yes. You need to look at yourself in the mirror and have a, a serious conversation with yourself and what your priorities are. No, I I agree. I this might sound crazy, but I don't know what triggered it. I, I mean, this event triggered it, and I don't know why other ones did. Like I looked myself in the mirror as somebody, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this, Kendra. As somebody of mixed race, who I'm a little bit on the uh, the lighter side in comparison to you, Kendra. But um, <laughs> like, do I like I even as somebody who's had very curious interactions with police who feels nervous driving past police. Uh, for no reason. It's just, I, I can't explain. I would imagine you guys probably in the same boat. But like, am I even, do I even struggle to understand because my skin's not darker? You know what I mean? Like, really? it, I, do you ever feel like that? Like, this was the first time I kind of like asked myself that. And I was like, well, like, is, is that something I should have been considering this entire time? Is this something that, uh, I've, I don't know. It was, it was a weird question that I, I asked myself. No, I, and I definitely think about that too. And in addition, since I'm a woman, I know that I even have a different like experience because I am not a man because, you know, just from statistics or studies, we see how much more likely it is for a black man to experience police brutality. And so kind of like what you're just saying, it's, well, I'm mixed race. I'm, I'm lighter than, than others. And I'm also a woman. So do I fully even understand what you guys as black men are going through? I can identify in some areas, but do, is the, if, if I'm feeling nervous when a police drives by me, well, what are you guys feeling? Cause I can imagine it's even more heightened than what I'm feeling as a lighter skinned woman. Right. I mean, yeah. In, in any encounter, in any encounter, mm -hmm. whether you're on, on, on foot, in a car, anything, it doesn't matter. Like, it, it's the same sort of energy, right? And I've been, I mean, I've been stopped, like, it's sometimes you show, sometimes you know what's going to happen. So, like, uh, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, I've been, yeah, I know. You, know, you know, it's like, oh, okay. Like, there was, a, I mean, I remember, like, a, coming from the gym once, from the gym, like, my, just walking from the gym home. And I'm less than a block from my apartment. And I'm walking down the street. I'm, I have a water bottle. I have wristbands. I'm just walking home from the gym. And there was a, there was a, a Crown Victoria uh, on the side of the road, which it's fine. It's not like it's a... I mean, yes, that's a very popular police officer car, but I don't think every Crown Vic is, is going to be full of officers, but... I'm getting close to the car, and you, you hear all four doors. Doo, 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 doo. I'm like, here we go. Uh, but this is even before they even got out. I heard when, you, when, you, when all four doors open at once, that's the police. Nobody else, nobody else does that doo, 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 at the same time, like in, almost in sync. And they, were in, and they were in plain clothes. 
And I was like, I just immediately stopped. I was like, okay. Because you, because you know you can't do anything but stop. You, you can't just keep walking. Right. You know, if, if, if they think you're trying to walk away, boom, there you go. Now it could be a situation. It doesn't really take a lot in those moments. We all know that. It doesn't take a lot. Oh. And, you know, they wanted to run my name through the system because I looked like somebody were looking for. I, I fit the description. And I'm like, but what's the description? I have on gym clothes and a water bottle and, right. and, and wristbands. Like, that could be anybody, right? Like, there's no, there was nothing specific about what I had on. I didn't have on, like, a, a it was like a regular, it was, like, probably a black or, or a gray. I don't remember the exact color. My pants were black, I believe. I think my, I think I had a navy blue, like, workout shirt. Like, that wasn't wearing any particular, it wasn't like it was lime green, where it's like something that would stand out, you know? Right. This is, like people just can't wear black and navy. Like, and, and like those are like what is what's the description exactly? Like, yeah. there's nothing. I'm I'm five eleven. Everybody's five eleven, pretty much. There's nothing specific about me. I'm not like I wasn't five two. I wasn't six eleven. I'm five eleven. Like yeah. everybody's five eleven. So these moments of like when you when officers like want to talk to you, run your information. You, you know the description is always. It's always like, sure, man, sure, sure. Or it's the, like, the excuse. Like, I around this time last year, I, my aunt lives in a suburban, predominantly white neighborhood, and I was visiting, and I just went for a walk. And I don't look like anybody in the neighborhood. I have an arm tattoo sleeve. It's hot. So I just, I'll just never forget this cop driving by, stop pulled up next to me, asked, are you going anywhere? Like, my aunt just lives right there. He's like, oh, just checking. I, I haven't seen you in this neighborhood, and I, and I patrol this neighborhood a lot. And I'm like, oh, just visiting, buddy. And it's it's like, what? what's the line? Like, I don't, yeah. I just, yeah, it's tough the, to, like. The what, assumption, the presumption of guilt is so strong. Like, the presumption of something negative that you're doing is so strong. It's so It's so strong. Right, that they cannot logically, it seems, defeat it. Right, like they cannot defeat it on their own, which is why police reform is so important. Like cops cannot do it; they cannot stop doing it. Like, and, and you see, you know, you'll, you'll see police chiefs talking about we have to do better. You know, you see politicians say, "Oh, we have to have more training." I'm like, whatever it is, it needs to go beyond that, though. Just whatever has been has been on the books as far as training and, and dealing with the public, dealing with black men and women, it doesn't work. It doesn't come close to working right. because the, the presumption of negativity of of guilt is so strong. Right. Cops sometimes just they shoot before they anything else, it seems like. Right. Like. And so and we're and of course. We know that. It's not that every situation ends in, in death and violence. It's that it could. It's always on the table, right? Mm -hmm. And it should not be on the table all the time. Right. Like, did I rob a bank? Okay, maybe it should be on the table. Maybe I can expect cops to, to, to come after me. I'm just walking from the gym or I'm just going anywhere or just doing anything. I'm not doing anything illegal. Nothing happened. There's nothing going on. And the, and the underlying issue in that, and that, that situation and, and my situation is they think they're doing, they're trying to keep an area, they're trying to keep something or someone safe. And that's an, a thought that shouldn't cross your mind when somebody's walking down the street. Right. And right. a lot of people, a lot of police, not a lot of police, police that have um, involved themselves in, in these type of instances that's the issue is where do you draw the line? And I'm trying to, I think I'm keeping an area or neighborhood or person safe to where this is just a person walking down the street. And if you can't, I, the separator in that line to me is unfathomable. Like, I just don't think every person that walks down the street that doesn't look like everybody else in the neighborhood is here to cause harm. I don't know. It's, it, it, it baffles me that others go the opposite direction. Completely. And, and, and what, what makes it even more problematic is that when they go to the next level, meaning 
They beat you. They ch- choke you. They shoot you. Whatever it is, the punishment is so light. Yeah. So light. Like the, like the infrastructure to, to deal with police violence, however it's created, is so soft. Like, it's soft on cops, right? Cops are held in with, with, like, baby gloves. And it's like, do you understand how important that, and, and serious the responsibility is of, of taking somebody's life? Like, it should not be like, well, he made a mistake or whatever. Like, you can't make a mistake like this. Like, some of these situations are mistakes, yes, and some are something much more evil than mistakes, right? So you have, a, like, a Breonna Taylor situation. Now, in that situation, you know, like, I mean, I don't even know what you're supposed to do, honestly. They, they had a, they had a, no, a no-knock warrant. Kicking the door, right? right? It's the middle of the night. People are asleep in the middle of the night. They, they bust through the bedroom. Ba ba ba. She just shot. She just shot, right? And it's like, and they had, you know, obviously they had, they had incorrect information. And it's like, okay, but that should be, that's it then. You, like, you can't, you can't be wrong on that. Yeah, that's on some, that's on someone. Like, right? Like, that's not a, like. You can't be wrong on that. Right. Like, that's not not an acceptable response. A mistake was made. No, a a life was taken. The the standard is extremely low, right? Like, there should never be a situation where somebody makes a mistake and somebody dies, and then those officers are just like, well, a mistake was made. Those guys haven't been fired. Right. Like, those guys have not been fired. It's insane. I mean, it's, it's, it is insane. It's insane. <laughs> and so, like, the accountability level is so low. Like, it's like, what do, what do cops get in trouble for, it seems? Like, you can't get in trouble for that. That is an amazing thing t- to me, right? right. And, and if, all through, I mean, this is a generational issue, obviously. And the only, and, and, and you know, we're dealing with the, the push, the energy of George Floyd is because there's video, but obviously there hasn't been video for many, many things. So it's just police officers' word. The cops said it happened like this. Okay, cool. That's how it happened. I'm like, what? I mean, I think that can go over to what happened to Ahmaud Aubrey. I mean, that video yes. that happened to him didn't surface until what a month, two, two months, two months. After. Two months. If, if that video didn't surface. Right. Nothing, nothing would have happened. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. And, and so for us trying to navigate in this world, particularly us who work in media, it, it, you know, you, we see our colleagues at different networks, different publications, different media sites. And you're like, wow, they just don't get it. Yeah. They just don't get it. And some of these people like you've seen, like you, you know, some of them, you might've worked at those different media places in the past. And you're just like, like why? Can, like people can people cannot people give cops the benefit of the doubt regardless of what the the proof says sometimes regardless of what common sense even says, and that's the battle, right? The battle is against bias, right? That is so built in, it's so baked into the bread that we give officers the benefit of the doubt no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the circumstance. The default is they're they were trying to keep people something safe right and that's where i the line for me is just so yeah it's just so blurry it like like you said it's there's no repercussions because the default is that they're good nature good intent and regardless if it is and there was a mistake somebody like you said somebody's life was taken and if we all make mistakes in our job whether we meant to or not there will be repercussions. There's a repercussion if a surgeon messes up on a surgery. There's repercussions. Mm-hmm. You can go down every profession. It, it just seems to escape police. And they are the ones who not only control and patrol, patrol almost our daily lives, but they control and patrol life at a point uh, from cops to the, I mean, the judicial system. Um mm-hmm. 
there's there's higher stakes being played with at, at that level, and it seems to be uh, lesser ramifications for mistakes or non mistakes. Yeah, and it and it's and then we're always back at these moments, right? We yep. you know we're always back here. It happens over and over, and you know, and here we are again. Tamir Rice, blah blah blah. Like we're always back at these moments, and it's just yeah. like. Can we, as a country, can we have growth in this in this category? Can we actually be better or not? Right? Can we actually do the things that we say we're going to do? Like in three weeks, when this is cycled out of the news, will will it then still be bubbling? Like, will there still be things going on? You know, like it, I don't know. I, like in in the in the piece that several of us wrote the other day. Um, about just how we were feeling. I, I wrote I wrote about like, okay. Like for me, it's not even about being a victim or being sad. Like everybody deals with it differently. Like, like I deal with this stuff more so with just like frustration, but also like, what can we do tangible? Like what can we what what is actionable here? Right? What right. can we do? Cause we because it's not gonna get better without actual action. Like talking about it won't make it better. Right. Hashtags won't make it better. Marches won't make it better. Kids hugging cops in the street, that won't make it better. Cops kneeling, that won't make it better. Right. Cops putting their fists up in the sky, that won't make it better. That stuff is just performative. It's just performative. Yeah. What makes it better, actually? So I mentioned the University of Minnesota's president. Uh, she said, from now on, we're not gonna, they're not going to hire Minneapolis PD to work any of their sporting events, the football games, et cetera, et cetera, like the, like game day stuff. So did, uh, yeah, I think the elementary school, the, the school district. Yeah, and that's them too. Yep. Yeah. And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> right. It's the only thing, like we can do that. There's other things that could be done, yes, but we can do those things now. Like, you, like if, you're, if, you're, if your department cannot control its officers, Mm-hmm. Those officers aren't gonna make extra money. Like, we, yeah, we can't we can't deal with their actual salary without that's that's a lot of union stuff. That's a complex situation. But as a sidebar, police unions awful. Like you can say, okay, cops, good, bad, whatever. I, are there any good unions? Are there any good cop unions? I don't know. I, I don't know. I know here in New York, it's 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 absurd. It is absurd, right? So if, if we can't control cop behavior, if cops cannot be more responsible, cannot be safe, if they can't make better decisions, if they can't be better people, we're going to have to impact them in a myriad of ways. One of those ways, no overtime. And so, and so for, the, you know, for the Minneapolis PD cops, they work in Golden Gopher games, whatever sporting events, every like every plenty of pro team and, and, and college teams hire cops over to work overtime. Mm-hmm. A cop can double his salary doing that. Some cops triple their salaries. So instead of making 60K, they made 120K. They made 150K, 200K, whatever. The drop down from like 150 to 60 is significant. Yeah. And that might make a cop say to himself, let me just think before I pull this gun out. Or even... Or even the cop that does the right thing, but his partner, he knows his partner's iffy, or his right. his, his right. buddy in the other car down the street's iffy. That might make them speak up, too, because uh, you're not going to play with my money right. because you don't handle yourself the right way. Right. That, that has to be, that has to be, I want to see that everywhere. Like, everywhere. I'm I want to see that everywhere. Like. Are, are, are there other things that you guys, you know, would love to see be be instituted as far as reform? I mean, I personally think there needs to be deeper testing, more mm-hmm. comprehensive testing, um, more comprehensive background checks. Um, yeah, I just mental illness is real in this country. Mental illness is not the reason that people do what they do, but where they come from and how they were raised and stuff like that, that stuff plays into it as well. And I think every precautionary measure taken to make sure that 
Um, you're not putting people's lives in the hands of someone um, who comes from or thinks like um, someone able to and willing to do harm to someone uh, so easily and freely. Uh, I think I, I just want to see deeper precautions made and, and take um, to make sure the best candidates, the best people um, are selected in these uh, in, selected for these roles that, like I said, at a I mean at a point control life and death uh, for the public. I was I was actually talking about this with someone the other day about just that about how what what tests are out there what ways can we you know figure out who's who's fit and who's not fit because everyone has everyone has certain biases some are far worse than others and will affect others' lives in a much more dangerous way. But how do we, how do we catch it? And we're talking about how there are like, um, there are neuro tests where you're shown certain images and whatever machine you're hooked up to can, even if you do not physically react, certain parts of your brain light up when, because that's, that's how feelings work. We see something that dis- disgusts us. It's a signal in our brain that sends out a message in our body. If you sad, anger, happiness, happiness. It, 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 there's there's signals and shocks that go through our body, and this thing catches that. So if you're a police officer, let's sit them down, hook them up to this thing, show them different image, images, show them different people, events that have happened, show them this video of George Floyd. If that does, if they have no visceral reaction to that, yeah, I'm sorry, you can't you can't serve here. Mm-hmm. If you're mm-hmm. If, if, if a video, if a bunch of, you know, black dudes hanging out on the corner upsets you, yeah, no, you can't work here. Right. So figure out these ways. Cause it's so easy to hide your outside emotions mm-hmm. really going on in your head. That's the stuff that's most telling. And if there's a way to catch what's going on in your head that you aren't showing physically, I mean, no one can hide that. No one can hide the thought that, pops up into your head uh if if it's if it's caught like that and, and that and there i mean there are several professions that would work for like there's some professions where mm-hmm. bias bigotry like it, it's just not it's not like a thing we can we can live with it so yes law enforcement yes teachers yes yep. media yes right like i don't care if you're a bigoted painter you know what i'm saying like there's some professions that don't really matter but those real, the pillar professions, those real important ones, where it's like, man, when those things fail, society fails. Like those professions have to be better. It, uh-huh. it, it just doesn't work without it. it. We do not work as a society when no, those pillar professions fail. And we're seeing a lot of failure. Because again, it, it is systemic. Like everybody, that phrase is, is, is used a lot and people don't, don't really think about it. But I'm like, Systemic means it's not, it's not, it's not, a, it's not bad actors. Like it's baked in fundamentally how the, how the department is created, how it works, right? From, from precinct to precinct, town to town, city to city, state to state. Like it is a major issue. It's a major issue. You know, like, I, I don't know. We, we've been talking for 45 minutes <laughs> and I figured we can go another 15 and make a a, a smooth hour um have have you guys heard from any of your like um friends family who are who have who have been who were shocked to hear things have been this bad like are people reaching out to you guys like we never knew it was like this oh man like i can't even tell you how many texts and dms from like my my white friends and colleagues i got just checking in and asking if there's uh, how to better themselves in these situations. Like it's countless. It was kind of, kind of shocking to, to see. I didn't expect that. Um, I'm, I'm glad that people who I, I, if if I deem you as a friend or somebody that I would converse with, I already, you operate under the same line of thinking, um, that I do. Uh, so, for you to reach out and even 
while the, the timing could be tone deaf, uh, but for you to even reach out and, and try to even better yourself, I, I, I like that just because me too, for me to even associate with you, I can, I, I'm like read people. Well, like I can, I wouldn't be friends with you or converse with you if I felt like you were against my people or against ideologies and, and thoughts that I had. Um, so you're already good in my book, but to even just do that reassurance, I think was, it, it, I thought about it a few days after and it, I, it sat with me pretty well and made me kind of appreciate the, the people that did reach out. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I've had a couple people reach out and mostly just checking in, how are you mentally, which I think is, you know, always a good thing. And then same other people saying how I'm here to learn and I'm here to listen and I'm here to figure out what I can do. Um, and I think, I think I've been really appreciative of, cause I'm like mentor, I'm 22. I live alone in a city that I've only lived in for about a year. And I have three athletic coworkers reach out to me, one saying, come to dinner. Another one saying, if you don't want to be alone, you can stay at my house with me and my family. Another one saying, you know, if you ever need just, you know, another woman to talk to, you know, she's not black, but you know, just someone saying, if you ever want coffee, if you ever, you know, it's a male dominated world and business that we're in. If you ever need someone to talk to, hit me up. And I think even just having, you know, knowing that the people that we, we work with as well, who can recognize, you know, how hard this whole thing is, is has really, you know, made me thankful for the people who kind of like what James was saying, you know, who I'm friends with and, and who are close to me can, can support me and also want to learn. Yeah. Agreed. You know, I have, I have a, I have a diverse set of friends and, um, I've heard from several, several of them just checking in like, Hey, Khalid, what's going on? Um, how are you feeling? And, and I'm, you know, I don't, you know, I challenge them mostly like, but we, but they know that like, Right. Like these issues have always been issues of, of, of equality have always been important to me and I've never shied away from it. It isn't something that is discussed every single day, but like, like every week, <laughs> like a few times a month, like, yeah, like I, it's a, it's a, cause it's a, it's a, the battle is never ending. You know, like even during times when it's not so obvious things are going on, things are always going on. And there's always a, a a thing where, you know, a lot of us have to decide we have to play our positions. Like what's your responsibility in the in the greater good? You gotta, you know, you gotta move the issues incrementally forward, right? And so my friends already know that about me. So most of them have already been like I guess vetted is a good way to put it. Like I know how they feel about racial issues, issues of equality, et cetera, et cetera. So when they reach out, I'm like, cool, but that doesn't mean I won't like absolve them of 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 like having hard conversations. I'm not, we don't have to, I'm not going to skip over it. Like, right. like, I may, like I may talk about it at that moment or I may, I may wait a few days, but like we've had hard talks before. We'll have them again. Mm-hmm. Certainly in 2020, we will like this, this ain't, this is, I mean, look, this year going to be, I was telling my friend, we're living in a documentary right now. We're actually yes. living in a documentary. And so there's going to be many more times for conversations and I and I really hope that because because like like I you know again like I'm optimistic but I'm cynical but I am moved by the diversity of people I see not just in America but across the globe. Yeah, yeah, that, that was overwhelming at times. It like, really was. The video was coming out of, of Paris yesterday. I was like, wow, great Amsterdam. Did you see those ones? My it's uh, like, wow. I have family who lives in London and you know, seeing them there at the protest, you know, my white family members in London protesting for American police brutality against black people was pretty astounding. It is right. Like that has, that has to be something now. Now why this case? I don't know. I don't really know. I don't know. Maybe just the, maybe how barbaric it was. You know what I mean? Like, like what, what Derek Chauvin did was like, I mean, that was like primitive. You know what I mean? Like right. that was really savage. I was like, wow. You know, like, and maybe just how 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 barbaric it looked to people 
was just it triggered people, I guess. And I guess the the fact of the matter is that many people are home. You know, maybe it's a combination of those things. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know. No, I I thought about that too, and I wondered. Um, why did this one impact society so much? And I think it could be like what you said, Kat, how barbaric it was. And two, and maybe this is just the optimist in me, um, like I wonder if this is like the one that kind of broke the the straw that broke the camel's back from a societal standpoint. And I would love to find out. And this could, like I, I think I said earlier, this could be a turning point. Uh, I'm cautious like you, Kat, but the response is just like there have been a few of these over the many of these viral clips over the years, but mm-hmm. this one just hit a little differently, and I couldn't figure out why. I, I thought about that for a while. I don't know, like because it's you know if this one doesn't doesn't spur a change, if this can't be a catalyst for like real actual for real change, then which one can? You know right. what I mean? It's like this is like this is like the last chance. It feels like, like this has to work. Yeah, it can't. Like, there'll never be a video as as bad as that. There'll never be as many people motivated, right? Like, this has to work. It has to, but it's gonna take a lot more than hashtags, right? It's it's people gonna have to do hard work. We're gonna have to challenge people. And I think the the timing of this. Sorry to cut you off. The timing of this with the election coming up. I think we'll have an answer. We won't have an answer, but we'll we'll know where this is headed. At least I think we'll have a better idea. Yeah, we will. This is a this is a like a generational moment. You know what I mean? Like this is like it like it has to it has to change here because if it doesn't, the the level of just disappointment is going to be just really powerful. Because then it's like if we can't if we can't do it now, perhaps it is an immovable object, and if it is immovable. And that is, what are we doing? Just, what, like, then what are we gonna do? Like, yeah. What are we doing? Like, these are the kind of things that literally tear societies apart. Like, it's not a, it's not a joke. Like, it's not a game. Like, countries deal with unrest all the time. You can't have something like this happen and then there's no payoff, and think things are just gonna be regular. Like, it's, it, I don't say that to be like, um, like to be scary or whatever. And I'm not, and I'm not, and I'm not rooting for anything like that. Any kind of level of unrest that could come from, from a disappointment like that'd be awful. Because of course we're all impacted. Like everybody's impacted by this. Not just, I mean, not just you know, not just people who are brutalized, but all of us, and and not just black folks, but everybody. Like we don't, we do not want to see a world come apart. Like, you know. I mean, this past week has been bad, but there there are levels above this it could get to, and nobody wants that. Right. Nobody wants that. But it is incumbent then upon politicians and, and the masses of the people to really push, like, you, we have to see real reform. It needs to be on the books. Like, it has to be on the books, you know? Yep. It has to be. Um. I think we can stop here, you know, like, this is a, I mean, this is a topic we, you know, we could discuss this for hours on end, but I think that's a good place to just to end things. Um, let's go, let's go get some Ben and Jerry's. Like, I mentioned like that was cool. And I, you know, like maybe I'll get Ben and Jerry's now. And people came into my mentions just like coming at me. I'm like, yeah, it's like that's what they want you to think. I was like, who's the they here? Yeah, who's right. I'm, yeah, I'm getting Ben and Jerry's. Where I'm from, every like, Ben and Jerry's is in the suburbs. So for them to come out and say that, right? Like, hey, like, who? They're putting their neck out there. People mm-hmm. are like, right? People are like, oh, you're falling for the tricks of Ben and Jerry. They got you. I'm like, who's the they that that has yeah. me? Like, what are you talking about? Like, I buy Ben and Jerry's anyway. It's right. like, <laughs> now I'm only getting Ben and Jerry's. Right. right. Like, I don't know. I, I thought that was like. I don't know. People are crazy sometimes, man. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's a, that was no trick. And like that was, I. That's a point yeah. in my book for Ben and Jerry's. Oh, the tricks are the empty or the empty statements, and the ones yes. who may think that they're standing up for something when their statements don't say a thing about what's happening. Exactly. Um, so yeah, thank you. Uh, thanks to Seth 
and Dave for letting us yes. have this hour to talk. Yes. Um, Thank you for leading it, Kai. We appreciate that. Oh, no problem. Um, James, Kendra, you guys were very, very um, impressive in your words. I appreciate your thoughts and your vision and your viewpoints. Ditto. Thank you. Yeah, and, and to our listeners, thank you for um, listening to our our concerns. And, uh, you know, we're, we're in this together. We really are. It's not a cliche. We really are. Everybody has a part to play. Let's make it happen. All right. Thank you.